Shkalim Per Ches Mishnah Base 8.2, another one on how to deal with finding things. And here we're talking about Kalim, utensils that are found in Jerusalem. Now the normal rule is that when one finds a utensil of unknown origin, so there's a Dinder Abanin, it's assumed to be Tame. And the reason is because the Halachas of Tumantar are very complex, and we assume that your average person, known as an Am Haaretz, is, even if he is well-meaning, is simply incapable of keeping Tahara properly, and therefore we assume that his utensils are tame, and therefore any utensil found anywhere is assumed to be tame. Nevertheless, when it comes to Jerusalem, we are going to be lenient, and that Dindarban is not going to apply under most circumstances. And the reason why is because when people go to Jerusalem, they're going typically on business that would require them to be Tahor, to eat Kachim, participate in the activities in the base of Mikdash, and so on, and therefore most people in Yerushalayim tend to be Tahor, and therefore we'll assume that their utensils were also Tahor, because they're used for eating food that's typically Kachim, and so on and so forth. So the question our Mishnah wants to discuss is exactly how far does that go? Which of the utensils that we find in Jerusalem do we assume to be Tamin, which can be assumed Tahor? The Mishnah says, Kol HaKelem the first sheet that says, any utensil that you find in Jerusalem, derech yerida levesat fila, If you find it specifically on the way down to the mikvah, so then you have to be afraid that they are tamein, that they're tamein, because the person who was bringing it to the mikvah obviously was bringing it because the utensil was tamein, and he needs to be metahirit. That being the case, utensils you find on the way down to the mikvah are assumed to be tamein. But derech aliyah, if they're on the way up from the mikvah, then tahorin, then they can be assumed to be tahor. Mayor holds that they are different pathways, the one that goes down, the one that goes up to the mikvah and from the mikvah. So according to Reb Meir, this first shita, it's very clear where people walk when they're going to and from the mikvah. Um, either that means there's sort of like a divider down the middle of the stairs that would descend to the mikvah, which is indeed the case sometimes, or just um, traffic was arranged in such a way that people going to the mikvah um, went in one line or one path, stayed to the right, whatever the story is, and people coming from the mikvah on the other path or other line or other side. Um, and the reason for that, of course, is because if you're a Tameh and you bump someone who's Tahor, you make them Tameh all over again and so on. So the way the Bartonor learns, we're talking about um, only uh, that the leniency that the utensils found in Jerusalem are Torah applies across the board. The exception being if you find them going down to the mikvah. Now, if I ask the question, well, if I find utensil in Jerusalem as a Tamer Tahor, from the words of the mission so far, Reb Meir's sheet is not clear. I mean, he's talking about going up and down from the mikvah. What about if you find a, find a you know, a cup in the park? Is that Tamer Tahor? So, Reb Meir's sheet is that if you find utensils in Jerusalem, they're all Tahor. The exception being utensils that go that are found specifically on the way down to the mikvah. And when he says that there's a different that there's different um, paths for traffic on the way down, the way up. So he's coming to add and say, listen, there are the small, narrow alleyways that lead down to the mikvah. Those are also, if they are for, you know, um, tame traffic to walk on. So we would include those paths on um the list of places where if you find a, a utensil over here, that clea is assumed Tame. But everywhere else in Jerusalem, it's going to be Tahor. Rabbi Yossi, Omer, Rabbi Yossi disagrees, and he says, Kulan Tahorin. Rabbi Yossi says, any utensil you find in Jerusalem is assumed to be Tahor, meaning even ones you find, you know, down by the mikvah, whatever it is, all kilim are Tahor. 
חוץ מן הסל והמגרפה והמריצה המיוחדים לקברוס. Because those, except for these three utensils, because these three specific utensils, since they are מיוחד, they are designated specifically for burial of dead people. So that being the case, those utensils, of course, are tummy. Um, because they're designated as such, and no one's going to be retiring them. But anything else other than a utensil specifically designated to um, deal with burial can be assumed to be Tahor, says Rabbi Yossi. Nalach is like him. As for these three specific utensils, so the sal is a basket. Um, now, what are we talking about here? We're talking about a basket that's used for transporting bones. And here's the backstory. In the time of Vayashani, they did um, what's called secondary burial. They buried people twice. First, they buried people in the ground, let their bodies decompose, and once all the full decomposition of the bodies occurred and all that's left is bones, they would collect those bones into the sal, this basket, and then they would transport it to the family's crypt. The bones would be put inside what's called an, an ossuary, like a bone box, and kept like in this kind of crypt, and there's like a vault on a shelf. Um, there are Mishnahis like that, and Sugis and Bavavasra, Nazir, they talk about it at great length. Not for now, but the point is, um, these crypts, these burial chambers exist um, throughout Israel. I've seen many of them in my own eyes, and um, they look just like how they describe the Mishnahis, of course. And so the point is that this basket, this sal, is used for transporting the bones from the initial burial site to the permanent crypt burial site. And therefore, it's going to be tummy, and therefore, even if you find one of these bone baskets lying around, it's going to be tummy. Same goes for the magrefa. Magrefa is like um, kind of like a rake. In Shabbos, we talk about how you have to rake away the coals. Remember, grufa oktuma, raking the coals or putting on the ashes. So this is like a rake, a specially designed rake that's used to, when you're exhuming the body from the initial burial, to make sure you've got all the last pieces of bone. They use this magrefa to go through and collect any last bone pieces and put them also in that sal. And finally, the maritza. Now, the maritza, according to the Rambam, and the Bartonara learns like this, is a utensil used actually for breaking bones, and that's if you can't fit all the bones inside the box, inside the cell, so then you would actually break them so they fit in so you can transport them. Um, many other mephorshim can't accept that. They think it's just too much of a, a it would be a bizion, a disgrace to the deceased to break their bones, um, and therefore they understand that this is, this maritza here is to break the ground open for the sake of burial. Um, and uh, it's a utensil for breaking open the ground. The Chuvas Sridvaz says it's not, it's not a, it's not considered to be a, a, a pogea. It's not, it not, doesn't infringe on the honor of the deceased because you're transporting their bones to their final burial place with their family in the family crypt, which is um, a kavod to them. Um, but again, other people just simply um, see Tiferi Sorel, and others can't accept that. Um, so then Maritza is a groundbreaking device. Whatever it is, the point of the mission is, Halacha is like Rabbi Yossi, the only utensils found in Jerusalem, unlike the, re- the rest of the world, are soon to be Tahor, except utensils specifically designated for burial.